You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome to the Comics Hall. We've got a great show lined up for you today covering new releases from today, Wednesday, June 30th, the last Wednesday of the month. Of course, there's still comics to be had. It is also the last day of Pride Month, so don't forget to pick up those DC and Marvel anthologies featured on our previous week's shows. Fabulous mm -hmm. uh, output from the comics companies as always. We are also joined today by our fantastic moderator. Introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm the moderator, Rob. You've seen me here before. He's the Rob Robinator. Rob no, Rob, I thought he was going to come in like uh, Elijah Wood in Spy Kids. I'm the guy. <laughs> I just saw that come across my Twitter feed, so I reminded everyone, go go watch uh, Spy Kids after the show. After, the, after this after. show. After this show, yeah, because Rob's the guy, and then he'll be back, and he's basically Elijah Wood. Sorry, Amy, you were saying... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Rob. I think Rob had the floor. Oh, right, yeah, Rob. No, sorry, I was I was being compared to Elijah Wood, so I was just letting that happen. <laughs> With these things, it's best just to let it happen. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, I'll oh. be in the chat with everyone, passing along questions and uh, hanging out with these. All right, Rob also got his hands on all the books that we are covering today, so you guys can feel free to pass along questions to him. Uh, but also, if you have any questions for us, he will be sharing those for you. We've got a jam-packed show today, but first, we're going to start off with some news, but it's not just uh, general comic book world news, as we typically cover, uh, but we do have some interesting, exciting news that may change the way that you watch the Comics Hall. We hope it doesn't change the fact that you do watch the Comics Hall, but this is our last weekly show for the comics hall bum, we bum, will be bum. yeah bum, bum, bum. what does that mean for you that means we are switching to a monthly format plus yes. give or take for some special uh sideshow event themed episodes so those mm -hmm. aren't going away either but we are now switching to a once a month format at the beginning of every month first wednesday to give you kind of the the comics hall version of previews guide to exactly. everything that is going on that month uh, that'll include the solicitations that were just announced previously uh what you're looking forward to mm -hmm. any new releases any big uh stories that we have at the top of the month we're going to be bringing that to you guys uh for a a kind of entire month catalog for you exactly now uh what that does mean though is we will have more time to really focus on reading more of our books and getting them on our social channels. Again, <laughs> Making that's... Making sure we're not uh, <coughs> weeks behind. <laughs> weeks behind on our other books. Cough, cough, cough. Uh, and again, you can find us literally anywhere at the Comics Hall. I always say, like, you know, you guys will message, like, for any of the other shows that me and Amy are on, they'll say, like, hey, are you reading this or this? And sometimes my DMs get buried. But you guys can always reach me and Amy easily if you want to talk comics anywhere the comics hall is. Uh, we love to talk comics. And now with us, you know, if we have a show where we don't have a live show that week, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry not to be redundant there. But um, it is easier for us to sometimes just go on our social channels and just talk books. And we will still be posting and doing all these things. It's just the live format uh, will be the first Wednesday of every month. Now, we do have a show, uh, obviously, today that's what you're watching and also we have a show it, what day is it the 21st Amy? it is july 21st that is a wednesday and that is the wednesday of sideshow con we'll be stopping mm -hmm. by sideshow con for a special event themed episode we don't know what we'll be covering just yet but uh 
it will be an exciting show for you guys in the middle of an exciting week full of uh, new product reveals and fun stuff going on. Uh, mm -hmm. But that will also mean that our podcast uploads will be once a month. That'll be the first Thursday of every month to catch yeah. the audio format if that's your preferred uh, listening. And again, that'll be like a nice uh, comic book ASMR preview for everything that you've got coming up in that month we'll we'll exactly maybe we'll do some page say. page flip yeah asmr not or so just like the <laughs> opening the bag and then when you know when you get the bag oh. and boards that have like the tear away sticky yeah. part and then you put it over just right and then you fold it down perfectly sorry oh, you're speaking my language <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah comic Good. book asmr here we Good come stuff we will also still have a blog uh, for the month uh, with any news items, any covers mm -hmm. that we talk about during on the show. So those things will not change in their in their presentation, but they are changing in frequency. So again, first Wednesday of every month. So as Paul mentioned, we will also be doing the Sideshow Con show. We'll have the Wednesday, uh, July 21st as a show, but we will begin our new monthly format in August. So you can catch us on Wednesday, August 4th for the first uh monthly comics hall. I, I don't want to say it's like we're not rebooting, we're not retconning. It's just uh, we're switching to a, a monthly maxi series format because you'll get 12 a year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a maxi series. So um, we also have an event that they are letting me and Amy sort of just take the reins on and that is August 16th and it's the Comics Hall uh, the Comics Hall Takeover so me and Amy are going to have five days to run amok, amok, amok and really um, just have <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I, I know the reference. <laughs> no, no, I know. I, you can't not do it and so um, you know, there's plenty of Comics Hall that is coming down the way but this is, you know, just so that we can really make sure that we are getting all of the information out there. And someone, I saw um, someone had asked, is it going to be an hour show? If we can, we'll keep it to an hour. I cannot <laughs> promise that me and Amy can keep the show to an hour. Uh, but we, you know, after a month, it'll, we'll have missed you guys. So it'll be a, yeah. a lot of um, talking, you know, very much on the rails as these shows always are. And we want to know what you guys want to see. I mean, that is an important part of the process. And the best place, not only to reach us at uh, at the Comics Hall on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as Paul mentioned, you can mm -hmm. always email us at thecomicshall at sideshow.com. But we are also, not only do we float around in the Let Your Geek Sideshow group, but we do have a dedicated Facebook group for Wednesday mm -hmm. pull lists for the Comics Hall. All of our fellow haulers uh, check at, uh, can check us out at the Blech. The local comic society. That's a lot of hard words to say. Local comic society, mm -hmm. your LCS. That is at side.show slash your LCS. And yep. that is where Paul and I will be doing our more weekly updates. Um, you're not going to miss extensive shows and content, but if you want to keep up to date uh, more with kind of spur of the moment news items, like when God Country gets a, tel uh, a movie adaptation, mm -hmm. we can react to the news quickly in there. Uh, but our shows will be more of a uh, big overview format and we'll keep the uh, weekly updates to the group and we might go live in there too uh, yeah. you never know so we do encourage you to join us follow us to uh, side.show slash your LCS if you want to keep uh, abreast of all of the weekly Wednesday updates moving right. forward but one last ride <laughs> we've <laughs> got do it so uh, we've got some really really good books to cover today Amy let's this get into it this was a good week this is a very I, good like, week of books this this week had some of my favorite books of the mm -hmm. whole month and just not a single one where I was like this was a sleeper I this is such a great week for books so we are going to take you guys through the weekly haul uh, we've got of course our pick of the week to start off uh, a, a great little number you may have heard about 
Marvel did a lot of promo leading up to this, but oh, we have yes. got the United States of Captain America, number one. Mm-hmm. And I think, Amy, we have been stoked for this book since we did our Captain America Day. Yes. Which was in a- March, I believe. Yeah, or or March, March or April. This is a continuation of the 80th anniversary of Captain America, mm-hmm. which has kind of just been an ongoing theme this whole year. Uh, a lot of characters getting great anniversaries this year, but uh, none other than the star-spangled man with a plan himself, Captain America. But as yes. series like The Falcon and the Winter Soldier showed us, and as anyone who has been reading Marvel Comics for a little while knows, there's not just one man behind the shield. And in fact, the passing of the shield is almost as American as apple pie by this point. And this series is focusing on and highlighting not only Captain America's that we know previously, but introducing mm-hmm. us to a slew of new Captain Americas, yes. the first of whom debuted, of course, this week. Uh, but I loved all of the teasers. I'm so excited for meeting all of the different Caps uh, across the nation. But uh, let's dive in with, with this first one. I mean, the, the story is headlined, of course, by Steve Rogers and Sam mm-hmm. Wilson, who was also the most previous Captain or most recent Captain America um, apart from Steve Rogers. But um, let's, let's take a look at the creative team behind this book first. Yeah, they're, I mean, it's a pretty stacked creative team, at least um, a creative team that I've been very excited about. You know, recently, my boy Christopher Cantwell <laughs> went to town on this book. It was so good. Uh, so, of course, we've got uh, the writers being Christopher Cantwell, who wrote You Brought uh, Two Too Many. So there are two stories in this. You've got the main story, of course, that's got Sam and uh, Steve searching for the shield after it had been stolen, and then they discover the uh i believe i don't know if they're calling it the cap network but there is a there is a network of captain americas which is exactly what i just Mm -hmm. said so (laughs) um a network of captain americas that are you know they're not against captain america they are sort of holding up to captain america's ideals and trying to represent everything that the various captain americas represent in their communities Mm -hmm. um and what this book looks to do is sort of take us apparently across the country and show us all of these other Captain Americas in these communities, introducing so many new characters with every issue. Very, very stoked for that. Um, so you've and, got Christopher. Purely for you speculator people, these, this, <laughs> every single one of these issues is technically going to be a first appearance of somebody new. So, sure uh, but that's not, that's not the real reason to read this book. It's, it's the story and the characters behind it. If you're, are, if you're interested in their stories. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't remember other than um, – I don't remember the last time I bought a Captain America weekly. But this, I'm going to add this to my pool. Or, mm-hmm. you know, not weekly, but I haven't had a Captain America in my pool in a while. But this one I'm definitely throwing in personally. I'm I'm really invested. I remember I was telling Amy that I was curious to see where this was going because the first – just a heads up, the first, like, four pages is very is a very interesting monologue. But it is a full-on monologue um but then once you get past that the story starts picking up and of course the main story again with sam and steve is you brought too too many that's by christopher cantwell and art by dale eaglesham and then the follow-up story which sort of picks up on threads of the first story is by writer uh, by writer i'm sorry uh josh trujillo and artist uh john basildua who i'll be honest the second half looks so good i think it was my favorite art of the entire book I mean, it's a very pretty book all around, but yeah, mm-hmm. the 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 Aaron Fisher backup story 
Or I wouldn't even so call it a good. backup story. It, it, it's just shedding more light and introducing mm-hmm. uh, the Captain America of the railways, as he's called. Yeah. Um, and, and we will be seeing a lot of different Captain Americas um, through this, this network of caps. Um, mm-hmm. We also had colors by Matt Mia and uh, letters by Joe Caramagna. Um, mm-hmm. I believe Dale Eaglesham, e- Dale Eaglesham did his own colors. Uh, but for the Aaron Fisher story, uh, Matt Mia did colors. And then Joe Caramagna did the letters over the whole book. And the, and this is a really fun one yeah, to pay attention exactly. to the lettering where um, the the captions that the characters speak have uh, oh. have kind of stars and stripes going on in the background depending mm-hmm. on uh, who they are and, and who's narrating at the at the time. I, th- I thought that was a really fun creative thing to break up the visual of what could otherwise just be a bunch of yellow caption bubbles. Yeah, it it, it was really cool. Remind me of those ice creams. Yes, <laughs> the bomb pops. like the yeah the 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 rocket yeah the yeah the, the bomb rocket pop. bomb pops like it was delicious. It was a this issue was delicious, <laughs> and um but no it really was so good. And again we we will get into our aim segment in just a second. But aim um and Chris you don't need to bring up the uh, the asset here. But really quickly the A stands for accessibility. The I is the interest, and the M is the monetary investment. Um so the accessibility of this book. Um, maybe, maybe, Amy, I'll take the, I'll take the first half of this, um, as far as like how easy is this book to find? It's going to be pretty easy. It's a very big release for Marvel. Again, they've been promoing it since April. We had first talked about it in April on during, uh, during the comics. I want to, we were really stoked for this during our Captain America day. Um, so you should be able to find it. And I think like one other variant I only saw, I'm sure there's more like store there's exclusives. A, I think there's a couple cause there's definitely an Aaron Fisher design sheet, uh, variant at the least. I and know then, Rob picked that one up and then there are, a co- I think there's a couple other covers. Oh, there's the Robles variant as well as the <laughs> one in 25. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so there, there and you got the good old Alex Ross on the main cover. Yes, um, which I believe is going to be a connecting cover uh, I because so we saw well. the we saw the whole thing in the original solicitation, and so it is um, it is a wraparound on the on the issue, but it might they might do connecting as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously it's it's incredible. Um, and then Amy, like how how did as far as like Captain America goes, and some of these other maybe people only know Steve Rogers. How accessible did you think this was? I think this, for a Marvel title, is extremely access, uh, accessible because it is not directly tied to the Ta-Nehisi Coates series, which is coming to a conclusion. Um, it is more of a standalone Cap story, and the only information it really um, benefits you to have is the fact that there have been multiple Captain Americas, especially Sam Wilson. But even if you watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. that's enough primer, even though they're not the same universe and not the same circumstances. Yeah. The knowledge that Sam Wilson is a Cap uh, and Steve Rogers is a Cap is great. We don't know who our mysterious villains are at this time. Uh, I love I love and hate when they're trying to hide the identity of a character because they can do it so well in uh, in comics because you just draw them all in shadows. And so we do have a mm-hmm. couple of shadowy figures or characters we don't get to see the faces of. That will be serving as our villains uh, and the inciting incident of the mystery of this series. Um, but because we've got the introduction of a brand new character that has never appeared anywhere else, Aaron Fisher, um, it's extremely accessible. It doesn't You don't have to have read yeah. Captain America books before this. And I think that that monologue, that opening monologue, does a really good job to kind of... Um, give you an overview of the character of Captain America, even if you haven't read a ton of his uh, books before, because it's not directly spinning out of any one monthly series. Yeah, it's it's really good. I'm uh, as far moving over to the interest. I, again, if you're a Captain America fan, if you are missing Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or if you are just missing Steve Rogers, um, 
this is a really good place to start. Again, I one thing I've always told people, like when I worked at a shop, and I'm sure Amy, you can relate to this as well, is Cap in comics is very different than Cap in the MCU. He's not yeah. as, um, you know, he's not as fun. I'd say <laughs> uh, he's he's the the comic itself is always so much fun. It's high octane and it's always beautifully written and beautifully drawn. But Cap is very uh, by the numbers kind of guy, and that's sort of what makes him fun. It's sort of like a um, like a golden age Superman almost. And um, to see him paired next to Sam Wilson is always fun because he's Sam Wilson is the exact opposite of that. He doesn't mm-hmm. take everything so seriously, but he understands the mission. And um, if you are missing sort of that Sam and um, Cap Di- Sam and Steve Rogers dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I think you you could pick this up. And again, if you're just looking for a new place to start with a new book with a big flagship character, this is a great place to start as well. I think. Yeah, there's no um, there's no exact knowledge of how this could tie into the because uh, I'm sure Cap will get his own monthly again mm-hmm. after this Tanya Hesse Coates run ends. Uh, but there's no direct uh, information about if it will translate into anything else. For now, it is just a nice five issue miniseries. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're on the fence about the character, you you don't want to commit to a full monthly. Uh, this is definitely a great celebration of 80 years of this character, Steve Rogers, but also the idea and the ideals of Captain America. Yeah. And in terms of M, the monetary value, bet you guessed it. It's a 4.99 book from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Most new number ones from Marvel are 4.99. You get 36 pages of story, though. There are a couple advertisements, uh, but this is a it's a substantial, pretty standard debut issue from Marvel. Um, Currently don't have the word on whether or not every single issue in the miniseries is going to be $4.99, but I almost think it will be based on mm-hmm. the event nature of this series. Sometimes they drop down to $3.99, but uh, this yeah. might be another $4.99 across the board. Um, um, yeah, I have series. this solicitation up. It looks like issue two is $4.99, so the whole okay. series is probably just going to stay at that price. Yeah, so you're, yeah. you're looking at about $25 investment, give or take, mm-hmm. tax in your region. Yeah. Um, and you can, as if... But all uh, those first appearances, Amy... All those first appearances, right? <laughs> plus it's a Marvel series, so you get a bonus digital edition as well. So that's like yeah. a that's like a whole free comic if you're uh, collecting Alex those. Alex Ross covers. It's worth it. You're losing everything. money on this deal if you don't pick it up. Actually, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Again, the United States of Captain America by um, again you've got Christopher Cantwell, Josh Trujillo, De Eaglesham, Jan Basildua, Matt Mila, and Jor Joe Caramag. Is it Caramagna? I am not sure. I think it's Caramagna. Okay. I trust you more than I trust my own brain. So I don't trust me. <laughs> don't, don't call me out on that. But for those who, who also, I know we kind of talked around the story of this. We're a spoiler-free mm-hmm. show and podcast. But the loose idea of this is Steve Rogers is reflecting on the American dream, the American ideal, and what it means to carry that shield uh, and what it represents to the people before he is interrupted by someone or something that Mm -hmm. uh, is looking to use the symbol of the shield for nefarious purposes, let's say. Um, And then where we get these other Captain Americas who will be appearing throughout the series, it's going to be a nice intimate look at what that, what the stars and stripes mean to different communities and and how someone can take up the mantle of Captain America without being Steve Rogers and still make an impact in their community. Exactly. It's a great great book it was it was a lot of fun and uh moderator rob this i'm sure he's said so in the comments already but this was his favorite book Mm -hmm. of the week uh just it's just a stellar debut i mean cap is such a character that people are all pretty sure everybody's pretty sure they know who captain america is 
but when yeah. you get to take a look at who Captain America really is and what other Captain Americas represent as well, uh, you, you can't go wrong. I mean, you could go wrong, but I think Marvel's, Marvel's got a pretty good head on their shoulders with this 80 years of Cap celebration. Yep. And go that get is, it. It's that's our good. pick of the week. That's our pick of the week. I think this might, of the books I've read, this is probably my favorite book. Okay. My yeah. personal favorite is going to be the, the first one I'm aiming uh, from Vault Comics. But again, extremely strong. I've enjoyed every book that I've read this week. And, nice. and this week is stacked. Let's get into uh, our aim of the book segment. Pitter so patter. As, as Paul mentioned, AIM, we love to just give you all the tools you need because we don't like numerical reviews. Stars and stripes, if you're using that grading system, uh, are so subjective. So again, we like to give you all the information that you need to make an informed purchase. That is the accessibility, which is how easy is it to read and how easy is it to find. The interest, who would like it? Is there something similar that you might already be reading that would make this an easy jump over? And then the M, money or your monetary investment. How many pages are you getting for your hard-earned dollars? Mm -hmm. So we're going to jump right in. Paul, you want to take us away with some Infinite Frontier? Yes, I am covering Infinite Frontier Secret Files number one, uh, which is a one-shot. Now, it's an oversized one-shot that is a tie-in to the Infinite Frontier storyline and sort of new era of DC that is happening right now. Uh, now, there are a lot of people on this book because this is like a, uh, this is an 80-page book. So it's one of their oversized, spectacular issues, which DC is sort of going towards which i'm not against i is it I actually, in that anthology format as well or is it uh it it is um the stories it's interesting so the stories all take place actually i'll just get right into it so the Please stories do. all take place now that the um that dc is now in its omniverse and after the events of dark knight's death metal there are multiple earths and you have Justice Incarnate, who essentially is the Justice League of the Omniverse, essentially, um, and they protect Earth Prime, which is our Earth, which is just the center of the entire Omniverse. Now, there is another Earth that is sort of uh, book-ending the whole thing, which is, wait, where's where am I going? Oh, which is way over here, and it's <laughs> almost like the dark mirrored image of our Earth, and it's called... Um, Earth Omega, also known as the Elseworld. So they made it, uh, they made Elseworld itself its own planet and then all those stories. So um, it's actually, I really kind of dig the entire direction they're going in because I think the problem with DC and even, you know, Marvel gets into sometimes too is they get so worried about making everything um, canonical and making sure that everything is exactly <laughs> where it's supposed to be that it really weighs down the story. I'm looking at, as much as I love you, I'm looking at you, Hickman. Sometimes those inserts <laughs> are a lot. It's a lot yep. of reading. Um, so what Infinite Frontier's Secret Files does is it is going to it sheds light on some key players in the Infinite Frontier story, and it gives them a little bit more backstory and lets you know a little bit more about them and maybe some of their power sets, things along those lines. So um, as far as the creative team goes, again, it's an oversized book, so there's a lot of them. So I'll read some of the writers we've got. We've got Joshua Williamson, Brandon Thomas, Dan Waters, uh, and the incredible Stephanie Phillips. Stephanie Phillips absolutely crushed it this week. She was on both of the books. Uh, that I had read that I'm going to aim and Brandon Thomas as well. Uh, I think she edged, uh, you know, him out just a tiny bit there as far as my favorites, but they both absolutely crushed it. And then on art, you've got Inaka Miranda, Stephen Byrne, Marisa, uh, Marissa Louise and Triana Farrell and um, Tom Napolitano 
was very busy doing all the lettering. And a lot of those artists did a lot of their own coloring as well in this story. But there's some really, really fun stories. You've got um, Make Time, which I believe is the like Director Bones, who is sort of a newer character that I'm not very familiar with uh, in DC Comics. Again, if you guys are familiar with him, um, that's a very deep cut, but I only know him from the recent canon um, and the recent stories. But essentially, he's the one trying to put together like what the hell is happening in the Omniverse and keeping a record on every single Superman, every single Wonder Woman, every si- like that's what his job is. And think the uh, the guy from Invincible, um, if anyone's watching Invincible, the um, the director the, he, who sort of keeps an eye on Omni-Man, he does that, but for the entire Omniverse. And it's these stories are sort of spinning out as files that he has on these people and their individual stories that are relevant to why the Omniverse saved them. And so you've got different people. Um, again, Jade and Obsidian have a wonderful story. You've got... Um, all the children of the original Green Lantern, of course, being Jaden Obsidian. Psycho Pirate has a great story. And then my favorite That's is That's a Cal- name you don't hear often. <laughs> no. I haven't heard of that name in years. <laughs> um, oh, wow. AIM. So the uh, A, you should be able to find, as far as accessibility, you should be able to find this book everywhere. DC is pushing the Infinite Frontier pretty heavily right now. Um, you shouldn't have a problem with it. And then how easy is it to understand? Um, it. It is if you're reading Infinite Frontier. If you're not reading it, then and you pick this up, all you're gonna get is some really cool, like, you know, information on characters you've never heard of before. I mean, hopefully, if you're like me, that'll push you to go read more about these characters. But I don't think that um, there is a lot of accessibility here. If you're like, this is the first DC book I'm ever going to read, uh, because if that's how I, that's how I like to judge if books are accessible, and by that measure, it's not. So, um, and not for the DC casual like n- myself. <laughs> yeah. No, I, mean, I do know who Jade is because we at the comic book store, the, the weirdest way that I know a lot of DC and, and a couple Marvel and Spawn characters is that we had action figures we could never sell of these characters oh, nice. in the comic book store. And Jade Were they also was one the of build them. A, the build a character ones? Some of them. And, and yeah. we had, it was Jade and I want to say it was a uh, Rotlop fan. We had like a Rotlop fan Green Lantern. We had a lot of Green Lantern characters we couldn't get rid of. He's got like the Um, big, yeah. mm -hmm. Anyways, I am so sorry, but I was like, Jade, I remember that name. (laughs) Yeah, so the the children of the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott, Jade and Obsidian, who have various powers, and uh, it's it's a really, really good story, and it sort of bounces you around the omniverse, which is really fun. And I think I've sort of already inadvertently covered the interest, but again, if you like these stories that are sort of... um, anthologies where you get to learn about some characters you're like oh they're turning over every possible stone that is in the vast vast uh omniverse well they're trying and joshua williamson (laughs) is spearheading right now if in case you weren't aware of it joshua williamson is actually the one spearheading the infinite frontier era of dc and he is sort of the um if if you are not reading dc and as a comparison what hickman is doing sort of for the x-men Williamson is sort of doing for Infinite Frontier, and he's writing certain stories, but mainly overseeing the entirety of the event. And uh, it's been really great. I love Williamson. It's the he's fascinating. He's the only one that after um, the oh, I always forget it. The one with Doctor Manhattan. You know where they're doing that one was Doomsday Clock. Yeah, but it was remember they did the Zero issue. What was oh, that? Rebirth. The, 
Rebirth. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Williamson okay. is the only one that wrote every single issue of his Rebirth. He's the only oh, artist wow. for two years that stayed on. Uh, the only writer, I'm sorry, that stayed on. I think he wrote all. I think he wrote all 100 issues. Wow. So he's the and the Flash is the only one that had 100 issues without getting like an action comics reboot and everything. Mm-hmm. Flash 100 straight issues from Rebirth. It's pretty impressive, and so he was entrusted with it. It's fantastic. So you say he's he's doing the uh, the Hickman work. Uh, do we get to see a bunch of emails from Darkseid? And <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just Taco Bell receipts. It's like how oh. many fish fillets did Darkseid eat? <laughs> Does Taco Bell do fish fillets now? <laughs> In the Omniverse, they do. So, oh well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. Wow, that's all. Sometimes be your own self. I threw You're my own self You're going to be surprised how I bring that back to Buffy because that's going to come back to Buffy in the, <laughs> at the end of this segment. <laughs> well, now I'm very excited. But so lastly, moving on to the um, the uh, monetary investment. It is an expensive book. And Rob, I apologize. I was like, I'm going to cover this book. And so Rob likes to pick up all the books we do. I didn't realize when I did it that both of the books that I'm picking up are both $9.99. And so. I had a $7.99 this week. So <laughs> sorry, Rob. <laughs> uh Someone should learn to read the show notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so not it is me. not. <laughs> it's not Amy. It's not me. So it's not Dark Side. Um, well, again, nine ninety nine for eighty pages, which is actually pretty good for their eighty page anthology oversized issues. Um, so yeah, it, it's a lot of fun if you are reading Infinite Frontier at all. If you're not, I'd probably skip this one and pick up the last book that Amy is aiming because I Amy wins as far as best book of the week and I cannot <laughs> wait for you to get to it so with that infinite frontier secret files number one to one shot go pick it up if you're really interested in a lot of the different characters in the omniverse it's fun all right thank you Paul well I'm gonna go up to uh, my first aim of the week this is I've had a weird uh, journey with this book because thanks to uh, our friends at vault comics I did get to read this book the day it was announced and you know how that comics are announced like way in advance this sucker was announced in March uh, and I read the first issue but I was so excited to read the first issue all over again I got to check out barbaric number one from vault comics welcome to your favorite release of the month uh, it may be the last Wednesday of the month but vault has come out swinging not only with barbaric but today's also the end of the autumnal we've got more witch blood and money shot but this is going to be your new sword and sorcery obsession uh, this was written by Michael Morrissey with art by Nathan Gooden colors by Addison Duke and letters by Jim Campbell uh, just a fantastic fantastic vault comics team that is firing on all cylinders now in terms of accessibility this is a true number one however I will say it is not accessible to younger audiences because it is an (laughs) extremely mature comic not only in the gore uh some some real real uncomfortable scenes of gore which are all in good fun and humor but you'll see what I mean when you read the story uh, but there's a lot of profanity going on in here so again it's not for the faint of heart and it's not for the uh, sensitive to uh, swears but mm-hmm. it's amazing and again true number one means uh, that it gives you all the information that you need going in blind you don't have to have read anything else this is the first time we've ever met the barbarian Owen uh, who laments the fact that nothing really terrible and scary rhymes with Owen, and so no one really composes good songs in his name. Uh, But the story utilizes flashbacks, there's great characters, and it's just so 
funny. Uh, so again, true number one, you don't need anything else going into this. The first printing is sold out at the distributor level. I mean, it was such a hot ticket item, but yep. that means uh, stores across the United States bought up all the issues. Your store likely still has some. There were a bunch of variant covers this week. There was not only an A and a B cover, but there were some uh, incentive variants, one in 25, one in 50. There's also a polybagged variant, which I did not check out. But if you if it's polybagged, you know that there's probably something really gross and great under that cover. Uh, so if you're <laughs> bold enough, you can check that out. Um, your store nice. could, could very well still have copies this week, but if you can't wait, you can either get it on Comixology, or if you can wait uh, and they are sold out, there is a second printing incoming. Uh, there's also the vaults doing some really great like homage-style covers to classic Marvel and DC, and this, this sucker gets a really great Conan the Barbarian number one from Marvel-style uh, variant. Now, what the heck is this book about? I'll give you a little bit of it without giving away too much. Again, we've met Owen. Uh, he is the barbarian. He is cursed to do only good. So when you're a, a bloodthirsty, raging barbarian, you kind of get a little nerfed if you're told you can only do good. He's specifically cursed to whenever there is a cry for help, whenever somebody needs something of him, if they say those magic words like, I need help, he's got to do it. But his moral compass is the cursed bloodthirsty Axe, named Axe, who is, I guarantee, your favorite new comic book character. I love him. I want uh, Jack Black to voice him in a live-action adaptation. Um, and Kyle Gass is Owen. <laughs> yes. Um, just It's just, I love Axe. And the best part is, he gets blood drunk the more he drinks. Uh, so his <laughs> own moral compass is a little bit wonky after a few kills. But uh, Owen is not authorized to kill anyone that Axe won't let him so it's a it's a buddy cop duo in the worst of ways um if you've ever played dungeons and dragons and your dungeon master gave you the cursed axe that like like the berserker axe that you like really really love and it makes you want to kill your <laughs> friends this is kind of like the slightly uh better nicer version of that but uh axe does what he wants and then the best part of all of that is that nobody else can hear axe talk Oh, so, no. Owen looks pretty crazy. Uh, it is an amazing story. Uh, in terms of interest, if you're a fan of things like Conan the Barbarian, Jason Aaron's Thor run, uh, Gail Simone's Red Sonja, this combines... Tenacious D. To, yeah, Tenacious <laughs> D. I swear, like, you got to read it in Jack Black's voice. There's a line that I can't quote because it's so profane, but it's like the first... It's Axe's first call to action, and you're like, I can see Jack Black with, like, a, a sweet guitar riff and his tongue out, just like... That's exactly what <laughs> just, I love this book. This is this is absolutely my favorite book that came out all absolutely. month. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Paul. Um, and it, yeah, if you love sword and sorcery, the general mayhem of Dungeons and Dragons, I'm going to like I wanted this segment to just be me sitting here waiting for you to go get this book. But that <sighs> would have been a very quiet five minutes. Um, so hopefully you'll. Uh, go check that out after this show and then go back to watch. What did we tell them they have to watch after this show? Spy Kids. Spy Kids, right. So you pick Please. up this book and then you go watch Spy Kids. Um, it's also got a little bit more modern humor. So it's got a really nice blend of the classic sword and sorcery with uh, some modern jokes about society. Uh, really <laughs> great visual timing, which is uh, sometimes difficult to execute in comic book pages, especially when... Sometimes your eye looks at the entire page mm -hmm. before you start reading. Um, they they managed to pull off some great visual pacing jokes that are really just sold by the slight changes in expression. Um, Nathan Gooden absolutely kills it on this this art style. I love 
Owen's hair, which is a weird thing to say. Um, but from top to bottom, this book is just a colorful, blood-soaked, fun, fun romp. Uh, and I also have had the privilege to preview the second issue, and I can guarantee you it keeps that up. Uh, whatever euphoric feelings of crazy blood drunk uh, you feel after reading Barbaric, number one, issue number two keeps it going. Now, in terms of the M, this is a three ninety nine book, a nice pricey, or not too pricey uh, debut from Vault, a nicely priced that's what I think I was trying to say. 32 pages, uh, not advertisement heavy. You do get a little bit of, you know, the standard vault comics info at the back. Uh, but it is just a perfect introduction package. So if you're looking for something a little violent, uh, a little heartfelt, but a lot funny, uh, definitely check out Barbaric number one from Vault Comics this week. I just love this one like so much. Like uh, if Dave the Barbarian was written by Dan Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. With, with, and I know my point of reference is always Jason Aaron, but it's just, it's mm. got the right mix of the real gruff guy, but he, like, he might not always know what's best to do in every situation. Sometimes he would just rather kill everybody in his path. Uh, but in the end, Owen does want to do good. Maybe, maybe that's just because of his curse, but uh, it's so much fun. Such a fun book. This, this was my favorite release of the week and definitely top three books of the month. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, this, this once I do get to read this later today, it'll probably be my favorite book. <laughs> yeah, it's you know I know Rob said it was up there with with Cap, uh, United States of Cap, but for me, Barbaric. I just I I'm a sucker for Vault. Mm -hmm. It's just it's they're so good. They don't miss. They don't. All right, so moving on to my next aim. Uh, it's another <laughs> 9.99 book. I know I'm jumping ahead here. Hey, big um, spender. Yeah, but this is a uh, this is a really really fun book. This is the Green Arrow 80th anniversary 100 page super spectacular number one, um, which is yeah it's a mouthful. It's also um, <laughs> a wallet full and page full. It's uh, it's a lot of books. So this is essentially celebrating the Emerald Archer's 80th anniversary um 80 years since we first got introduced to oliver queen as the green arrow and they and brought he doesn't back... look a day over 30 no he looks good look at him go i wonder what his uh secret is actually i don't want to know <laughs> don't want to spoil any of it so jumping right into the aim uh the accessibility of this all um it's very accessible it is if you've never ever read a Green Arrow comic, you only know it maybe from um, the CW show, uh, especially if you only know it from the CW show. There are some comics, there are some, because again, it's an anthology, you've got about eight stories, ten stories technically, uh, one or two of them feel like they were pulled directly from an episode of Arrow, the show. <laughs> um, so Some of them even look like Stephen Amell, like some of the art even looks like Stephen Amell. So if you only know Arrow from the show, you're actually going to like quite a few of these. Um, now again, it is a big page, uh, it is a big book and a big release for DC because it's his 80th anniversary. So um, you should be able to find this everywhere with, I think, something like... I think this has like 11 different variants. Normally what they do is they do like the 50s because he was uh, introduced in the 50s. They do like a 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, you know, 2000s and 2010s variant. And so um, there's one for all of those. And then you have just the standard covered A, the standard covered A, cover A, sorry. <laughs> um, so this is actually the uh, Simone DeMeo cover that you're seeing here. Oh, that you're seeing there, which is actually my background. Um, quite a 
you know, quite a few folks. Jen Bartel did an incredible variant as well, as she always, you know, as she's known to do. It's wonderful. So, again, 10 different stories. Now, uh, the creative team on this book, you've got Jeff Lemire, Tom Taylor, Brandon Thomas, Devin Grayson, Chris Mitten, Benjamin Percy, Mariko Tamaki, Vida Ayala, Rob V, Stephanie Phillips, and um, Larry O'Neill, who's actually Denny O'Neill's son. Um, it's the only, Now, there is a story and a tribute to Denny O'Neill, who passed away early, like, you know, mid, I believe, 2020, who actually helped revolutionize the character of Green Arrow mm-hmm. and bring Green Arrow from, like, seriously, like a C-list superhero to being in the Justice League. I mean, Green Arrow is a uh, is a tier one superhero. Whatever you, however, however you want to shake it, Green Arrow is a tier one superhero. I will argue anyone, <laughs> uh, but we're not going to do that now. We're not going to do that live. But Danny, we'll take your uh, arguments after the show in the yes, back alley. <laughs> we sure will. Amy is ready to fight anyone. Hey, Amy, bring out fight. the boxing glove arrow, and you're good. I know, Amy. Please fight my battles for me. <laughs> Thank you. I'll and pencil you in. <laughs> so, uh, again, tons, tons of great talent on this. And then, of course, as far as the um, the penciling goes, you got Phil Hester, Mike Grell, Andrea Sorrentino, uh, Nicholas Scott, Christopher Mitten, Chris Mooneyham, George Corona, Laura Braga, George Fornes, Javier Rodriguez, and uh, I think it's Max Fiumara. Max Fiumara, maybe? I I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation of Max's name, but um, just a friggin' murderer's row of talent here. You've got um, one of the more important things like if, to, to note, again, I'm not going to hold it to you if you haven't read every Green Arrow story ever, but there are some really important runs for Green Arrow, specifically with uh, Benjamin Percy, who did sort of some of the right before Rebirth and then right after Rebirth era, and then you've got Jeff Lemire, who in my opinion, sort of revolutionized the character of Oliver Queen uh, to really what we know Oliver Queen as, and then Green Arrow and his rogues gallery and the Arrow family. Uh, Jeff Lemire is responsible for a lot of that. Um, And that whole team, both of those gentlemen's teams, get to sort of come back and do stories and sort of do like a fun epilogue to the stories that they ended years ago. Uh, That's really, really fun. And then, honestly, Vida Ayala and Laura Braga do an incredible story. It's like an anniversary story with um, Oliver Queen and Black Canary. It's so much fun. Deathstroke's in this. Green Arrow's in this. Wildcat's in this story. That's oh, like, I hope Green Arrow's in it. Oh, sorry. Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Friggin' brain. So, yeah. Uh, Green Lantern. Ted Grant, Wildcat, who is one of my favorite characters and is, you know, so underrated, is in this. And you get his boxing gym. You see bat. It's so much fun. So there's a lot, a lot to be had in this. Um, and I feel like I've sort of already went over the interest again with this. If you are a fan of the show Arrow, if you're a fan of the Green Arrow in general, um, any of it, or even Black Canary. Black Canary is in a lot of these stories as well, um, which I, I really love that a lot of these artists – sort of showcase how important she is to the character of Green Arrow and Oliver Queen because a lot of his decisions are for her and later on their family. Um, And again, the M, the monetary investment, it is $9.99. So it is a more expensive book, but it is 100 pages. So you are getting more than you would with the secret files. So It's a lot of bang for your book. I think I used that joke last week, but... uh... Bang for your book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Still good. So, we've got uh, we've got our friend Jem Mint Collectibles in the chat saying, hey. hey, Paul, light week, but some bangers. Absolutely. I mean, we're we're covering what we thought was the kind of 
high tier pantheon of books mm-hmm. this week. Uh, it's always, you know, it's always a mixed bag with the fifth. This is the fifth Wednesday of the month. Uh, you, know, you never know quite yeah. what you're going to get there. But uh, he's right, man. There have been some absolute bangers this week. You got Daredevil, which, you know, we'll get into after Amy's because we have all of the books that we're also reading that are not, um, you know, they aren't necessarily the the books that you'd pick up immediately and just read like you can't jump into uh was it daredevil number 30 is that what's yeah i'm not going to tell you to go read autumnal number eight this week but i'm going to tell you go find every other issue so you can appreciate autumnal number Mm -hmm. eight this week but uh, we'll get into that when we have our rapid fire round paul any any finishing uh thoughts on green arrow here before we move on it's it's uh, it's absolutely wonderful, and Wildcat needs his own story, and I'm upset that he hasn't had his own story. I know this is Green Arrow's moment. But <laughs> justice Wildcat. for Wildcat. <laughs> justice for Wildcat. Thank you. That's my close. And what team? <laughs> Wildcats. <laughs> Am I the only one that's going to do the pom poms, Amy? <laughs> left me hanging. There. I'm, I'm right. sorry, Paul. I know we're all in this together, but I mm-hmm. I, uh, I left you hanging there. Uh, and Linda on YouTube says, "Isn't that the aim of aim?" getting the bang for your book yes i would be inclined to agree thank you linda you are very smart and perceptive (laughs) thank you linda all right uh rob we have a quick question from uh the chats if you want to do you want to can we bring rob up real quick to ask that one before we go in to me my rob (laughs) (laughs) tenchi mizaki over in our facebook group wants to know it's tea time so spill tell giles what's in your teacup while you're reading your books I have, this is funny, because I am a tea drinker. I don't do coffee. Uh, mm. I have gotten very into cold brewing, because it's very hot outside. Um, but this this is going to sound weird. Uh, I bought a special tea collection from a company that does very nice loose leaf teas. It is a breakfast food themed. Uh, it's like pancakes. So I have Ooh. strawberry Nutella pancakes, and that one's like a black tea. I would just, if like, if I knew it wasn't, if I didn't know it was going to be disgusting to just handful dried leaves like i would eat it because mm. it just it smells like nutella it's got hazelnut and chocolate in it you can um, just get nutella and strawberries i could <laughs> I which could. is weird because i like nutella and i like strawberries i don't like them together it's like cherries and, and chocolate i don't like cherries and chocolate together it's a weird taste for me you know everyone's allowed to be wrong sometimes but uh i also have a there's a a, a red tea like a rooibos tea that is uh maple bacon pancakes well, and that hold on. Now that sounds delicious. <laughs> that one's a lot better than you'd think it is because it's, it's got a smoky text. Anyways, I drink a lot of tea. Greens mm. are my favorite, uh, but I am enjoying the the breakfast blend, which was a limited edition mm. uh, from from earlier this year. You should get like a Keurig. I, d- they, I, I have, have a I have a, a thingy. I have a okay. single drink maker, but that's not the point. I like to cold brew tea. Uh, so that's, Ooh, and I, nice. and I was having, I had some passion fruit tea actually while reading my comics today. No, yeah. no lie. So that's a perfect segue into my last aim of the week. Uh, Buffy, the vampire slayer tea time. Number one from boom studios. This is also a hefty book. I'm going to jump right to the end. It is seven 99, but you do get 60 pages. This is a second, uh, the second one shot that they've put out recently. Um, uh, they they did previous one shots that were tales of different slayers, um, but these ones are kind of set in the continuity. This one is not, but it also is because like DC and their omniverse, Buffy has now introduced that there is a multiverse. This is a multiverse Buffy story. The main series light spoilers ahead, but the issues have been out for a little while now. The Buffy series has identified that there is a multiverse uh, and the 2019 was when it uh, began timeline that is modern in the comics currently is completely separate from the 90s television series. Totally different characters. Some of them don't even exist uh, in the crossed timelines, but 
most importantly, uh, the main Boom Studios continuity is the universe without shrimp that is teased often in the television <laughs> series, uh, which means they have a they but they have a seafood store called Tunaverse, which is the Taco Bell that does fish fillets. That's how I bring it all back together. Uh, but they yeah they don't have the double meat palace. They do uh, tuna sandwiches and Taco Bell. Pretty much. Anyways, this is a totally separate universe from all of that, though, uh, in which the uh, Scooby gang are telling stories of what they think Giles would be like as a vampire. It's almost uh, it's it's like a multiverse in a multiverse type story. They're late night at the library and they are all telling stories of like, haha, wouldn't it be crazy if Giles was a vampire? Um, but Buffy ends up getting interrupted and never gets to tell her version of the story. So it's it's very fun. It's a one-off alternate universe tale, which I actually do hope they revisit this universe. I don't know which Earth in the Buffy multiverse this is. Uh, but there's a lot of winking and nudging that some of the stories might actually have some of the details about Giles being a vampire correct. Or what would oh. happen to Buffy if, if her most trusted father figure was a vampire. It's like um, the Nightmares issue episode. It's, yeah, it's kind of like nightmares. I'm watching um, Buffy, by the way, everyone. <laughs> good reference, Paul. Thank you. Um, but it's interesting because this re- this universe isn't the same as the television series because Willow mentions being engaged, uh, and she never gets engaged in the series. Spoiler. Um, and it's there's a couple of characters who are dead in the reboot comics who are alive in this issue. So, anyways, it's a big it's a big multiverse mess. Uh, which I will say, if for in terms of accessibility. Uh, and, and in terms of readability, it's a little nonlinear and a little strange. So you kind of have to go in with an open mind. Um, I would say you don't have to be reading the main Buffy series to get this. Um, it is a very consequence-free story, unless they choose to revisit this universe where Giles might be a vampire mm. uh, in the future. But it's just kind of a... It's kind of like a fan fiction. It's kind of like the Marvel What Ifs, uh, mm. but in the Buffy universe. So, like, what if... What if Giles was a vampire? And, and you know what? For In terms of interest, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of Buffy overall... I'd say this is a must read, but if you're a Giles fan, this is your day. Uh, it was written by Mirka Andolfo, a Comics Hall favorite. Uh, of course, we covered her series Mercy uh, earlier last year. Just love, love, love Mirka Andolfo's work. Uh, this was uh, drawn by Sia Ohm with, uh, the, on the pencils with inks by Giuseppe Carafo, Francesca Fellini, and Dario Formisani. Uh, and then colors by Eleonora Bruni and letters by Ed Dukesher. Uh, and again, it is a 60-page whopper of a book. Um, there's minimal advertisement at the back, again, because Boom Studios always does a, a set number of pages advertising for their other series. But in the main story, there's no interruptions. Nice. And uh, for that $7.99, you're getting 60 pages of what if Giles was a vampire, which, I mean, it's it's Mr. Giles. I, I don't <laughs> have to explain that to anybody who is even remotely a fan. Um, but if you're not a fan of Buffy, it's, it's a little hard sell. Um, if you're kind of maybe wanting to test the waters of whether or not you'd like the main Buffy series. This might be a good little taste test because it doesn't really have consequences to the main series, but it does have the tone uh, of, of the series. Uh, however, Mirka Andolfo is not the main writer of the series. That is Jeremy Lambert. So hmm. it's not a perfect one-to-one comparison. It's just a really fun little side story. Uh, and sometimes you need that just little books that don't really have massive world shattering. The continuity will never be the same consequences. This is just what if Giles was a vampire and he drinks blood from a teacup and uh, and, the, and it ends up with the Scoobies just basically insulting him for being old and British and he takes offense to that, which is it's always very funny. It's very true to the show. Um, so I highly recommend this. There's also a couple of different covers in terms of accessibility. Um, 
There is the main Mirka Andolfo cover. There is a foil variant because Boom Studios is doing those awesome foil variants. And then there is a Sweeney Boo um, variant cover that is Buffy instead of uh, Giles. Doesn't really have any relation to Giles being a vampire, but there's a ratio variant by Sweeney Boo. And then there's the version without the the trade dress. So like the virgin variant, which is a weird Mm -hmm. word, but you know, the the one without any text on it. Um, yeah, so I, I know I kind of kind of went MIA instead of AIM, but uh, <laughs> again, accessibility, it's it probably, works. probably your store's also probably not going to have a ton of these. It is a specialty issue from a specialty series, so if you're not yeah. already pulling Buffy, they might not have a ton of extras, but my, uh, it's worth a check anyways. Otherwise, it is on Comixology. Mm-hmm. Uh, interest, if you're a Buffy fan, I think this, this, is, this is required, even if you're not reading the main series, and M, seven ninety nine. 60 pages that is tea time with buffy <laughs> nice pinkies out. The t- <laughs> pinkies out yeah uh i mean it looks great i'm now that i'm getting more and more i well i've only got what 11 episodes in or whatever it is um i'm starting to see now where like all right now i want to read these books because there's so especially with the idea of like slayers have been around forever i'm just thinking like i want I... assassin's creed meets buffy and, you know, I and so for readers who are like that and people who are curious like that, there is a Chosen's One collect, Chosen Ones collection, uh, and it is perfectly that. There's like a French, there's like a French Revolution Slayer who I love so much, and uh, <laughs> there's a Philippines Slayer and, and an Italian Slayer whose watcher was a vampire. Uh, so it's, that's, it's such a rich universe, and I'm glad that they're kind of going. We have a multiverse, uh, and not even just a multiverse. We've got a lineage of Slayers that... Uh, haven't been explored so definitely recommend checking out the one shots if you're not quite sure about diving into the main series because i will be completely honest the main series has been a little hit and miss with me because i'm so loyal to the classic story and this is a reboot with new characters and different circumstances so uh all right uh rob we're getting a question in the chat do you want to bring that up to us real quick before we go to holler at the hall (laughs) Uh, yes, Andrew Wershburn would like to know if either of you are Mephisto, and if you mm. are, you have to say, um, or is that a cop? But... Oh, like if you're a cop, you have to tell me. <laughs> we get this question a lot, actually. Um, are are I, we Mephisto? I think, I don't know. I think I would know if I was Mephisto, because I would tell everyone. I'm not oh. good with secrets. I would let everyone know. See, if I like, were Mephisto, I don't think I would tell anyone. This is the, like... He lies, and he only tells the truth. Ask one of them a question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chances are Amy's lying. That's all I'm saying. I think in our revised monthly format, though, the A in AIM is going to have to stand for Mephisto, and it's just going to be a was Mephisto in this book or not <laughs> meter. Who cares about the money? We want to know if we're getting Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're like, the A stands for Mephisto, and the I in AIM stands for Mephisto. <laughs> The no, M is the I, monetary investment. Yeah, the M is the monetary investment. How many Mephistos are you getting for your dollar? Or Unfortunately, M is emotional. We just shortened the word emotional. It's just emotional investment in the book. Mo- <laughs> emotional investment. Uh, you know, those are all great, uh, great suggestions ahead of our monthly switch. But mm-hmm. let's finish off this normal – normal is not the word for it, but let's finish off this uh, weekly version of the Comics Hall with – the segment where you talk back to us, not just in the chats, but at our Holler at the Hall segment, where we ask you guys a very important, possibly universe-ending uh, question that will definitely end up on file in the Infinite uh, Infinite Frontier Secret Files. Um, it will. 
and uh, you guys respond to us. So this week we asked you, what is your favorite super villain costume? We did a previous version with superhero costumes, but you know, I almost say that super villains are a little more fashionable than some of the heroes because they can be dramatic as they want. They don't always oh, have to be. hundred percent. Don't have to yeah. be uh, looking about their public image because they know they're bad. But like yeah, bad in a good way and bad in a bad way. Wear more black, which is very slimming and it looks good. Goes with everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so. if it's something you'd get at like a really, really good sale at Nordstrom Rack. <laughs> so on that note, let's introduce uh, some of your guys' responses for the best supervillain costumes. So up uh, up front, we've got Nafis Will, who is actually one of our incredible moderators, but a huge, huge nerd, says, uh, <laughs> Mr. Sinister commands a room. Boy, howdy. <laughs> Absolutely. I... Uh-huh. Love that cape. That is the most impractical cape I've ever seen. But I love it. Flawless. No notes. Could you imagine, Amy, if I had invited you, like, to a kickback? And I'm like, oh, some of my friends are going to be there. Just dressed casual. And Mr. Sinister shows up. <laughs> Look, oh looking like drapes. <laughs> Doth mother know? <laughs> Doth mother know? Yeah. Awesome. I also, I don't know that much about Mr. Sinister. Again, I'm not a huge X-Men fan. But I also love just the... The diamond or the the stone that he has there between his eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's no wonder he clones himself so often because he'd like to get a better look at himself. Respect. <laughs> All right. Up next, we've got Philemon Meza Jr. says, Two-Face would be my top choice of villains with style. He dresses and embraces the style for both personalities. And you provided this fantastic image. I feel like this is like a Mondo poster. Uh, but yeah. you do really get a great view of both sides. Color coordinated. All of that. Uh, the hairstyle could use a little bit uh, of mm-hmm. – a little unkempt there on one side. But, uh, yeah, Harvey Dent, Two-Face. He's, he's got to dress twice as hard uh, as everybody else, and he always understands the assignment. Again, um, a fan of Nordstrom Rack. Look at those suits. <laughs> I, I just got a, a – a, what is it? A, a geocache – thing on my phone for Nordstrom Rack. So that's like, I was going to say this episode is not sponsored by fish fillet by spy kids or by Nordstrom Rack. But if you're watching, we're open to talking. Let us know. Um, yeah, I absolutely love, uh, this suit specifically because I love all of the ways that brand new artists interpret, uh, each side of Harvey. Yeah. Like, Especially when it gets really favorite. colorful. Like you can do the black and white. It's classic. It's classy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love when people get a little colorful with the two sides of his suit as well. Yeah, because I like this one. It's very like, I don't want to say exactly Bruce Tim, but you know, sort of that ant, that Batman the Animated Series sort of style. Mm-hmm. But then you get the other artists who are more like hyper realist, and it's like real gory. Yeah, I also like that version too. <laughs> so um, moving along here, Ryan. Who's next Bragg. on the runway. <laughs> next on the runway, everyone, welcome Ryan Bragg, who says, "I've always been a fan of Carnage. Just looks so evil and screams that he is a villain." I believe Ryan is watching, probably on YouTube. I think he usually watches there. Um, Cletus Cassidy, what are you wearing? <laughs> I'm wearing Symbiote. <laughs> Symbiote by Calvin Klein. Um, <laughs> Calvin, we're also open to talking, um, just so you know. Uh, yeah, I actually love, like, is this a costume, though, technically? Because the symbiote is a living entity? I mean, yeah, I don't want to reduce symbiote culture to a costume, but uh, I love <laughs> the look of the symbiotes. My personal favorite is Scream, of course. Mm. Uh, just, I just love when they get colorful and crazy. I mean, Venom, again, black and white goes with everything. Uh, but mm. I love seeing how crazy the evolutions get and the offspring uh, get when you go further down the symbiote line. 
Yeah, this one's great. I do love how uh, contrasting that Carnage always is whenever he's up against Venom or Spider-Man. Like, he just looks so... He, he, the uh, points on his symbiote are so sharp. Yeah. Always. That's usually how I see it. That's called dressing sharp. Uh, <laughs> and then Joe Cormier says, doom, all day. So simple, <laughs> yet so menacing and badass. And that's mm-hmm. the prime example of what happens when you put a mask on too soon before your face has finished healing. And you're just kind of stuck with it. But if it works, it works. Uh, yeah, of course, all hail the, uh, the, the benevolent ruler of Latveria. It, mm-hmm. it is very simple and effective. And I, I do like we get some distinction when people make him like extremely muscly or just change up the faceplate a little bit but uh doom's doom's got a consistent style and it works for him yeah he's he's uh he's obviously super iconic i think um so iconic that just anything that happens to look like his mask sparks outrage in the loki community (laughs) not spoiling loki here but from like episode one people were like that looks exactly like dr doom i was like well any robotic face kind of looks like dr doom (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he's he's great. I'm sorry, Victor. I I please don't want to be on his bad side. He actually does sponsor the show, so <laughs> you, you gotta cut me off. <laughs> All right, we've got one last one. You want to take it away? We've got Pete Tano who says I have to go with the Asgardian goddess of death. Hella. I have loved this costume for years, and it hasn't changed much since it was introduced, even in her film appearance. Oof. Asgardian's got a thing for the crazy horns. I just, mm-hmm. I love this costume too. The green and black is so effective. I loved the redesign that she got in uh, Jason Aaron's run with Russell Dodderman giving her a cape that was made of smoke, uh, but otherwise oh, cool. really keeping the, the headpiece. I mean, because you, you can't get rid of the headpiece. I know we had Kate Blanchett with a little bit of the, uh, the strung out goth look, but as soon as she put up uh, the horns, that was when you knew that's mm-hmm. she exactly meant all was. business. So good. So I think this is probably the only character here that I've only read really like one or two times. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because I know you. I mean, no, I I wouldn't let her know. Um, Yeah, because Hela is an interesting character. I think I've only ever seen her costume like in full regalia in uh, in the MCU. Yeah. So it, it's cool to and see it really, this, this version of her. really hasn't changed a whole lot. Mm. Um, I actually own her first appearance, and, and she's very consistently uh, this. I, a lot of the Asgardians have kind of had their colors changed up, but for the majority of her, uh, her time in the comics, she's been just that bright, toxic green and black. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see her most recently in The Mighty Valkyries by Jason Aaron, Thoron Grownbeck, uh, Erica De Urso and uh, Mattia De Ulis. Mattia has been drawing her, so uh, you know him from Jessica Jones' Blind Spot and a couple of other amazing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing Hella. He's doing Carnilla with all of her crazy hair. Craven uh, oh. the Hunter, who's also—that's my personal pick because uh, the dude's got Craven. a vest made oh, out of okay. made out of lion. Like, oh. dude, like, and and he's yeah, got the it's... best mustache in comics. Sorry, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, yeah, oh, man, I didn't even think about my answer. Oh, geez. Um, Sinestro. I like okay. the yellow, and I like that his he's literally clothed in fear. That's pretty cool. I mean... That's the opposite of naked and afraid. <laughs> it is. Clothed in feared. Um, I want to be on that show. <laughs> yeah, coming to discover... It's basically, yeah, just uh, you writing product reviews. <laughs> oh, good. Good, good, uh, good. Well, we've well, come full circle. We have brought it full circle. I think before we sign off, I know we're we're 
play into the music here and we're going to get the hook. But uh, we should give people just a little look at the, a couple of the other books, uh, rapid fire round, as rapid as we can because this, this week was uh, a little light in some respects, but again, a lot of heavy hitters uh, depending on where you're reading. So mm-hmm. in addition to the books we covered, uh, Captain America, Barbaric, and Buffy, uh, I, ch- I checked out uh, We Only Find Them When They're Dead. I've also got Crossover, which is the Whatever Happened to Chip Zdarsky issue. Highly <laughs> recommend that. Uh, Beta Ray Bill number four, that miniseries is almost over. We've got Daredevil number 31, Black Widow number eight, X-Factor number 10, which is not only the end of X-Factor, but it is the end of the Hellfire Gala. Um, I have wow, now collected. I have collected every one of the Russell Dodderman variant covers, so maybe I'll take a picture and lay them out for uh, your uh, for your LCS side dot show slash your LCS, the local comic society. If anyone else got all the Dodderman variants, let me know uh, so that I know that I'm not crazy. And again, autumnal last issue. If you didn't mm-hmm. read this series, the trade will be out soon. It is a must read from Vault. Yeah, uh, very scary. Um, and then Witchblood number eight and Vampire the Masquerade number nine. Nice. Uh, yeah, so a bit of a smaller uh, smaller week for me. I've got Daredevil number 30, Infinite Frontier number one, oh, both Secret Files, of course, I just covered that. Um, Department of Truth, the Autumnal number eight, I also picked up Barbaric, I also picked up Crossover, and the book that I've been waiting for three months to come back, That Texas Blood. Um, it probably nice. would have been the book that I cover today, but I was like, ah, it's a number seven, and there's probably some other books I would like for you guys to know about. Uh, it is hands down probably either one of or my favorite book from 2020. Um, it's just a really fun sort of rural, like, um, you know, there will be blood type of movie. It's a very. <laughs> there will be blood in Texas. <laughs> that's the working, the working title. Um, and yeah, it's really great. Chris Condon and uh, Sean Phillips uh, did a great job with that series. And this is them sort of starting a brand new arc. Um, sorry, I just, I, I had to talk about it. It's such a wonderful book. So that Texas Blood number seven is also out this week. And that was it. I had a really <laughs> a surprise extra aim segment. <laughs> yes. Boom. All right. There, as someone once said. Well, we don't have a new holler at the hall question for you guys, because we are going to go back to the drawing board, reformulate. Mm-hmm. What's going on for uh, Sideshow Con? So you guys can catch us on Wednesday, July 21st. We'll have more information for you soon. We'll post up on our socials when we've got the exact. I think it'll be the, about the same time frame, but when we've got the exact plan uh, that we're hitting yeah. up for Sideshow Con, that'll be very exciting. And then we will be back on Wednesday, August 4th with our official once a month version of the Comics Hall. So again, in the meantime, you can always find us on social at the Comics Hall on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us in the Let Your Geek Sideshow Facebook group uh, hosted by Sideshow. You can find us at your local comic society or local comic society at side.show slash your LCS. And you can always email us at the comics hall at sideshow.com. And we look forward to bringing you a continued bevy of side, uh, of comic book content through sideshows channels. Uh, again, comic books can't stop. We're not stopping. We're just changing up the format so that we can't hopefully stop, have a little stop. bit more time uh, to focus on the group and the kind of quick week to week updates while giving you an overview of the whole month so that you can have your perfect comic book attack plan each each month maxi mm-hmm. series so star spangled attack man with a plan <laughs> perfect perfect uh we'll, we'll workshop that thank you guys so much for watching thank you for joining us uh in this weekly journey again we'll see you for sideshow con other events and then back in august as always i'm amy and i'm paul and this has been the comics hall we'll see you next time boom This has been The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. 
Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to let your geek side show. Sideshow.